Hi, welcome to Revenue Marketing Television, the CMO Insight Series. I'm your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. Today is our guest, we have Chris Panabianco, who's Chief Marketing Officer at Bankers Healthcare Group. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here, Jeff. Thank you very much. So excited to have you. Uh, we're just catching up. Of course, uh, beautiful upstate New York is where you're from. Um, so if you were a marketer marketing Syracuse, what would be the brand message? Oh, man, I would say come for the spring, summer and fall, take a vacation for the entire winter. But the winter <laughs> is about nine months. So you okay. know, soak it all up right. while you can. So you have to like really cram it in there during during that, those three months. So um, talking about your main day job, of course, working over at Bankers Healthcare Group, you've been there for a while now, 12 or 13 years. And uh, my understanding is you, you pretty much built this marketing team from the ground up. So tell us a little bit about what this process has been like. Sure. I was very fortunate, uh, Jeff. Uh, BHD was actually my client for two years before I came over. Uh, they made me a nice offer and I was working at a digital agency. And what I found was the entrepreneurial spirit of the ownership group was it was captivating. I, I realized that I was doing a lot, a lot less work on the Disney account and Speed TV, the real fun clients. And I was just focused on BHG because their model was amazing. So when I came over, one of the original three founders was actually the marketing department. And all we did was direct mail. When I came in, they had a big box, a cardboard box in the corner of the room, said, hey, there's some of the mailers and here's our mail house. Let us know how it goes. So it was, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, hey, here's an intern. You know, he can show you the ropes. So what, what we were doing at the time was we had a, a fulfillment house that controlled all of our creative, our content, our reporting, and all of the data. So that was something we had to unwind very quickly because we needed to get that in-house. We just didn't have the capabilities at the time. So I worked cross-functionally uh, with a few other departments and slowly brought everything in-house. At the time, we sent 20,000 direct mail pieces a month to doctors, dentists, and vets that were in it, owners of a practice and no larger than three practitioners. Today, for a little bit of scale 13 years later, we send over 12 million mailers a month and we market to everyone in the country, anyone that's making over $75,000 a year. And it's not just direct mail and the guerrilla style uh, of old. We've integrated a full digital platform, uh, very expansive channel uh, outreach and you know marketing, creating life cycle, customer life cycle. We've added other products. So it's been fun, but the, the best part has really been to see the growth of the department and see how that interacts with the rest of the company in sales, analytics, data, finance. And then we have a whole back end to our business where there are 1,300 community banks that buy our loans. So everything has been about lead generation. And the crazy part that we were talking about earlier was we actually got that down very well. Now we're actually going back and putting the branding hat on and separating ourselves from that immediate need for ROI. So that's what I look for in two, 2022 and uh, beyond. So that's really fascinating that you started with demand engine first before brand. I think a lot of traditional CMOs would think it would be the opposite, right? We gotta get the brand, brand promise down and really nail that down. Um, what made you pick demand first over a brand and, and would you do it again? Yes, I would. Um, I would actually, what I would change is I'd probably start brand a little bit sooner. We have a very good brand uh, out in the medical community and the professional services, attorneys, engineers, but we wanna be a household name. 
when I had gotten here, you know, the the original founders, they were very good at getting people to come in the door. And we always scaled up our marketing with the capacity of our sales team. So what we found over the last probably five or six years with the addition, we have over 100 data scientists. These guys are on another level for what they've done with building models uh, and really helping us be more efficient with our marketing spend, as well as our human capital in the sales team and beyond down the river. So I would have started brand a little bit sooner, um, but you know, there's it's never too late to start. So we're pretty excited about what, what the future holds for us there. Um, but as long as we can predict uh, our ROI and response and approvals, you know, in the financial services industry, that's very important. So I think you've covered two of the four pillars. I think a lot of CMOs think about brand and demand or two. I think the other two are the experience and talent. So let's uh, start a little bit more on the experience side and then we'll, we'll save talent for last. Sure. Um, but tell us a little bit more about how you've built, I mean, you're talking about the channels you're using, but how are you building a, a better experience for your end customers? So we've always been uh, a little bit out front. Uh, when I came on in 2009, we had used personalized URLs, a lot of landing page website development. Um, our process has always been concierge. So we can do as much as our customer wants to do online, but we've always had that one-to-one -one relationship with a customer to walk them through our loans, what their needs are, and putting them in the right situation. All of our loans are customized to the individual borrower. So what we focused on with our new COO over the last two years is building an entire digital footprint and experience that customers are really gonna enjoy, and that's getting ready to launch right at the end of the year. So whether it's for our consumer uh, loan solution or our business loan, they'll be able to do just about everything online, uh, including a new customer portal. Uh, we have a credit card that's got an online app, and then we're gonna have online banking as well that's coming soon. Fantastic. And uh, talent, I, I know many, many businesses are dealing with the great resignation uh, over the last 12 months. Is this impacting your team in any way? It has a little bit. You know, we've built a culture. Uh, the owners have really worked hard on creating a culture and then maintaining it over the last 19 years. A lot of people tell me, like, wow, BHG, you know, it's such an interesting dynamic. The owners are still heavily involved. People are excited. We win a lot of awards, and I don't think you'd win them consistently like we've done for culture if it wasn't true. So we put a lot of emphasis on that from coaching, leadership coaching, all the way down throughout the whole organization, continuing education, a lot of emphasis on recognition. Uh, every month we're doing uh, company awards. We have 1,300 people in the company now. Before COVID, we had 400. So we've grown astronomically through COVID. And it's hard because we were, we're still a company where- so you've tripled in two years. Yes. Yeah. And in 13 years, when I started, I believe we believe we had about 55 people. So it, the growth is it, it's it's gotten big, but we are very cognizant of that. And we want to maintain the same culture of that startup entrepreneurial spirit, but also give the stability of a Fortune 500 company. And I believe that we've done a pretty good job of that. You know, like you said, it is a great resignation. A lot of people have many more options now. It just falls on leadership to do their job and to make sure that we're we're maintaining uh, a great work environment. So uh, you're, as you build out your team, I think you're up to about 50 now, you said? Yes. 
what do you look for in today's employee? And, and uh, is it a generalist, is it a specialist or something specific? You know, it's changed a lot over the years. We've had the uh, run through walls mentality, something I believed in from the time I was young, where I'll take attitude all day long and people that, you know, work hard, they don't let anything stand in their way. And now it's really about, you know, the right recipe of mixing in the seasoned talent. And we've done a good job of that over the last two years of bringing in high level executives from other companies that have proven themselves, whether it's in finance specifically for me, as long as they're in uh, a very creative position, uh, understanding finance, but also not looking at it the way a lot of people do. Finance can be boring. Uh, we're looking for people that can push the limits of, of innovation, of creativity to bring our product and really make it more human. Um, so it's something that it's not easy, Jeff. Um, you swing you swing the bat and sometimes you miss, whether it's the culture, it's the speed at which we change. Um, that's not for everybody. So we continue to dig in and try and continue building out these teams and getting people that can help us be better. So with this rapid change that you've done in digital, have you run into any challenges with, with technology or data or finding people that can, can put all this together? Yeah, I think the, the hardest challenge for us has been integrating all of our products into a seamless customer experience. That I believe will be remedied, uh, but like any other company, you know, it's making sure that you're providing value uh, at every turn. It's also, like I said earlier about the efficiency, as we get, we use a ton of models to select who we're even marketing to. And with that, sometimes when you go outside, as we talked about a little bit, that split between lead gen and brand, ROI driven marketing tactics and, and uh, the different KPIs you'll follow with branding, you're getting more and more people that come in the door that may not qualify for your product. So how does that impact every other department beyond marketing? That I would say is the hardest thing with digital is you can't control that all the time. So what we've done is really work with our, our development teams to create specific pathways, um, working with our segmentation teams to make sure based on what the models say, where we're driving that customer, how we're providing value. Because in finance, the last thing you wanna do is upset someone. And we know it's a very sensitive subject. You're not gonna approve everyone for a loan. So we wanna make sure that we give them a great experience, but we also show that we understand if they aren't approved or if they have a second thought and they wanna go and do something different, we want them to remember us when that need arises again or when they qualify. Sure, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I mean, um, in terms of your team and setting up the structure now at 50, have you set up any kind of formal support structure like a marketing ops or revenue operations team, or are you organized in a different way? It's changed multiple times. Um, when I was marketing employee number one, Just Just yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a dry erase board. And, okay. uh, you know, we've tried a lot of different things. You know, we're a very hands-on leadership group. You know, some of my best days that I enjoy the most are when, if it's not employee development, it's getting in the trenches and writing content or sitting with a creative team and whiteboarding solutions are on our new website or creating wireframes and things of that nature. So, you know, I'm still heavily involved, but we have evolved. We worked with McKinsey uh, about a year ago and they introduced Agile to our whole company. And it was one thing that at first, it was a little tough to envision how that would fit. 
So we still had a lot of traditional hierarchy within my team. You had your communication side, you had a dev team, an ops team, your product marketing managers, then creative and content. And it became very hard to functionally service our core product and then the nine other divisions and products that needed our services. So over the last five months, I've switched it to an agile hybrid where we have business line pods that have their own specialties within based on the needs of that business line. So our core business line obviously has a lot more people to it, our institutional side as well. Some need more creative, some need more copy, um, and then product management and marketing management, working with the product owners in the outside departments. So we have evolved. Do I think it's right? I think the structure is right. Now we just gotta make sure everybody gets used to it. It'll take a while. Um, I believe the guys at McKenzie told me that it would take up to three to four years to fully hit your stride in Agile. So I'm being patient, but it's one of those things for an entrepreneurial company like us that it's tough. If you don't feel it's working, you're more apt to make a quick change. Yeah, I, I get that sentiment. <laughs> I think some people on my team would say, we're changing again, really? <laughs> yeah, well, the one thing, you know, we say it every month, you know, be get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Change is inevitable, and the be- the more you can embrace that, the better for everyone. And again, it goes back to communication, as you know, Jeff. I'm sure you're telling your team and sitting down with them and doing explaining what it means for each individual. With 50 people, that gets a little harder, but I've got great leaders on my team that we hear it from our, our CEO, and it gets pushed throughout the organization. So that tends to mitigate some of the issues, but you know, people are human. You know, it's a human effect, right? And sometimes change is scary, especially now with a great resignation. So, you know, it all ties together. But I think if you communicate and you create clarity and then, as Pat Lencioni says, you know, create it, create clarity, communicate clarity over communicate clarity. If you do that, I think if we've got the trust established, you'll be fine. And then that'd be very clear. Um, With all the success that you've had and growth, what does keep you up at night? (sighs) That is a great question. Um, besides my three kids that are all under six years old, um, <laughs> uh, I would say just not seeing, you know, being having blind spots, um, getting past, you know, marketing's changing. Every channel, you know, now with TikTok and all of the different platforms, you know, you've got to have people around you that are that are aware of these and can they can adapt your business to each one of these new technologies, you know, account-based marketing, your CRM, your, your MarTech stack, you know, you, you've got to have all of these dashboards in front of you just so you know what's going on because you could miss your audience base. And these the, the fintechs that are starting up and the, the level of technology in some of these new up and rising companies, it, it's insane how quick they can move. And if you blink, you'll turn into Kodak. Uh, yeah, good friend Jeff Hazlett, who could tell you all about it. <laughs> I've read a couple books. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in closing, uh, now that you're a successful executive, if you had to go back to your younger self and give you one piece of advice, what would it be? Listen. Listen would be the greatest skill of any leader. I, I think back to the leaders and mentors I've had, and you don't realize it at first, but the things that they gave me they gave me great advice, but they listened. And I think the younger me, even I think before my kids were born, I never listened. 
It was just go. It was a mission. We got to take that hill. Let's go. And if you guys, I don't care. Let's just go. I would really change that about myself and tell myself to really focus on that. The other thing is I go back and get a degree in analytics because that's where this game is going for marketing. And I've been fortunate to have some really good people around me uh, over the last 10 years that have taught me and given me, you know, part of their MBA and PhD. Um, I don't get the cool letters with it, but that's what's really changed in marketing is is the the analysis, the data. Um, so those two things I think are huge. It's easy to see why you've had so much success, Chris. So thank you. Uh, a lot, a lot of great advice. So I'm sure our listeners are going to really enjoy it. So Chris Panabianco, Chief Marketing Officer for Bankers Healthcare Group. And if you are in a healthcare, right, you're looking for either commercial or possibly an individual loan or credit card as well, that's the place to go, right? Anyone, not just healthcare, that's where we started. Anyone in the country Anyone. that needs a consumer loan or a business loan, check us out. It's bankershealthcaregroup.com. Okay, all right. And then you're going to give out your personal uh, phone number, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Call me, you know, 24 hours a day. I don't sleep. I'd be happy to take care of you. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for being on the program, Chris. My pleasure. Thank you, Jeff. All right, stop recording.